All right, all right. Welcome back to Live from the Hammock. New season. Season is upon us. The Hall of Fame game is tonight, but I'm sure nobody's going to watch it. Um, training camp is in full swing for every NFL team. There's already been a number of injuries, and um, but we're back at it. We're going to be here doing this every week. Yeah, it was, uh, fellas, uh, Trey's on with me, and so is Travis. How you guys been doing? And it's been good. It's been good. Been uh, staying busy, trying to beat this heat. Uh, so, yeah, got to see a little bit of training camp, too. Yeah, I, I've been good myself. Uh, like Travis said, just, just trying to stay cool as possible and uh, just waiting on football season like the rest of us. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess we'll just you know go ahead and start and get right into it. We'll start with some basic NFL news, obviously the big news going into the the before the season even starts, the Deshaun Watson uh, suspension. Um, obviously, the individual arbiter, um, former judge, came down and said six games, no fine for Deshaun Watson, uh, but. Uh, because of the most recent CBA agreement, the NFL players have agreed to allow Roger Goodell to be judge, jury, and execution. Um, the whole and he, he will decide. I think he they sued and are going to um, uh, appeal this decision. But at the end of the day, this allows Roger Goodell to still give the final hammer, as so to speak, uh, on Deshaun Watson's uh, season this year. They're looking at. I think that what they initially posted was 12 games and a hefty fine. Um, I think they're still looking at a full season. Um, but uh, it sounds like Roger Goodell is going to – it's going to definitely – it looks like it's going to be 10-plus. This is going to be 10-plus game. Um, they were also, I think, looking at an $8 million to $10 million fine for him for this season. Uh, he's only making a, a million this year, according to his contract, his, his cap hit for the Browns. Um but just this, in my opinion, just throws anything the NFL said about bringing in individual arbiters and trying to bring in third parties to try to settle their issues with suspensions for players just goes out the window uh, only because Roger Goodell still has the ability to, to give whatever suspension he feels like giving. So if they don't agree with it, they're like, yeah, we're just going to go and we're going to suspend him anyway for the whole year. Um I want to kind of get your guys' take on this. Like, it, at first last week, it sounded like, all right, we're going to the, – the Browns are going to play uh, the, the Ravens on week seven and then the Bengals week eight. We're going to have the opening game against Deshaun Watson. And then all of a sudden, you know, Goodell, they have, what, three days to appeal it when the decision came down. But it now looks like it's going to be 10 games plus. And um, I just kind of want to get your guys' opinion. Trey, I'll go with you first. What is your opinion on – I guess how this has gone down that we've kind of now gotten to the suspension part of it. Like, what do you think is going to happen going, going next? Yeah. um, I'm kind of on that wave. I actually thought the initial um, suspension, I would say probably early in the off season, my, my expectation, I I thought he was going to get probably anywhere from, I thought he was going to get the whole year out. I thought he wanted to suspend him for the whole year. Um, initially, I was thinking like maybe ten or twelve games, but to, you know, for to suspend him for that many games, I thought you know it just made more sense to suspend him for the year. So the six games was actually surprising to me. But actually, the longer this whole thing went on, I'm thinking, well, we're in the training camp at this point. If they make an announcement now, like yeah, people are going to probably 
complain about it for a little bit, but we're, we're you know we're into just the football season, so it it, it seemed like it made sense when I announced it that late uh, for to give him only six games. But now that they're you know appealing it and everything, um, like you said, I think he's definitely going to get at least ten games. Um, and just my thoughts as far as you know the the punishment and, and the crime, you know the alleged you know situation. I mean, we we've seen players get suspended for longer and and for way less. Yeah, and yep. the first player I think I think of that uh that comes to mind is Calvin Ridley, <laughs> who just got suspended pretty much for for the whole season, um over that little ridiculous bet that yep. he placed, and that's nowhere nearly as um egregious as um what Deshaun did. Not that Deshaun Deshaun was you know convicted of anything, just as far as what his alleged his allegations are, um. So my expectation was that he was going to get, you know, a severe punishment from the gate. Um, but the fact that he gave him six games, uh, you know, that was really, really surprising to me. Um, and I'm actually surprised that the NFL um, is pursuing it the way they're pursuing it because I, I didn't really expect them to, to, to appeal right away. I mean, it was almost immediate um, appeal that they put in. And and we'll see. I mean, because and, and I'm thinking like maybe it's in the NFL's best interest to to let him just walk with the six games, but maybe they're trying to you know make some changes. But we'll see what happens. But like I said, I think six games wasn't enough games. Um, but like you said, it's going to get reversed, and they're probably going to tack a few more on. So it is what it is. Yeah, I feel uh, I feel like it should be a year minimum. Um, the thing I'm finding out today, and um, it's a, it kind of changed my perception of the whole situation. Um, so I found out that the uh, the judge's ruling, um, so she ruled that he was basically guilty of what they said he did. Like the NFL proved his case. But mm-hmm. the NFL doesn't have any language in its conduct policy to define sexual assault. <laughs> <laughs> or, yeah. or sexual yeah. violence. Wow. So she ruled that there was no sexual violence because there's no way, there's no verbiage or anything in their conduct policy. So she couldn't, I think that's what limited her from going further than six games from what I was understanding. So that, that was that was crazy to me because, um, you know, the thing with the whole CBA and was giving Roger Goodell all this power is like the NFL's Player Association and all the reps and everything, they negotiated this. Like they negotiated it this way. Like, they gave him that power, and now, you know, they they feel wronged and they don't they don't like it. So they're gonna have to renegotiate this because I see this going, you know. And Goodell said he was gonna just hire somebody; he wasn't gonna rule it himself. But um, I see that if whoever Goodell has here the appeal, if they move it to a year or more, or just more games, period. I think the NFL Players Association is going to sue, and you're going to see this going and go on in court, and you're going to see Deshaun Watson play the season because it's going to take so long to be heard in court. I think he'll play end up playing the whole season. Yeah, that was going to yeah, be my so, question actually. Is mm-hmm. uh, if you know while this is happening or being litigated or whatever the case may be, like that does he? Because he's not technically reinstated until, I guess, after the six games. But if it's still tied up in court, does he get reinstated? Or is it just kind of like he's just suspended with pay until they come to a decision? Like, how does that work? I don't think the suspension is actually active yet. 
Oh yeah, until, because they, yeah, it was just a ruling um, right. by her, and they got to accept it. So, gotcha. like, he can he could probably so just technically play. he's free. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> until somebody yeah. decides something. Yeah, he was still practicing yesterday. Yeah, yeah, okay. So uh, I was like, I, I was reading Twitter before we got on, and they were saying Goodell has hired a uh, a former attorney general. I can't remember which state it was, but apparently. Their 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 plan is to expedite. Usually, a lot of like you said, this guy's this stuff. Anything in court can take a while, could take months to happen. But their plan is because of the seasons coming up to expedite this case, um, and give some kind of ruling. Uh, this person is obviously a favorite of the NFL and NFL owners, so they're going to obviously um, rule in their favor. They want like, like you guys said. I think that was a good point there that because we're so close now to uh, football season starting, I wouldn't be surprised if he played a few games to start the season. And then out of week four, week five, they said, oh, now we hand the decision down. Now he's suspended for the rest of the year. Like, you know, they, they play like three, four games, and then, you know, Kobe Brissett for the rest of the season. Um, but I kind of want to get your guys' opinion on uh, – not opinion that real quick. Uh, like you said, Trey, um, the judge – stated that like Deshaun Watson didn't have any remorse, didn't seem to have like any kind of, they said there was enough evidence to prove he did what they alleged he did. Um, so she proved that, but um, like she was also saying, she put up, she brought up other cases like the Ray Rice case, the Greg Hardy case, the Ezekiel Elliott case. She said in all, most of these cases, you only gave, I think the maximum was a four games mm-hmm. in any of these situations. So she's like any, for me to go above anything above eight would be like, nah, I can't do that. So yes. they said there was just no precedent for to suspend him for the entire year. Um, so I think the NFL here is just trying to save face with themselves. And look, I mean, they said, I, I think they said the, the uh, female viewership in the NFL, or at least the fan base is almost close to like half now, like it's pretty big. Yep. And this is more of a situation where they don't want to, they don't want to lose money. They don't want, um, the civil rights groups or anybody else protesting at these games. So they're going to try to, at the end of the day, I think they, they should have done it a while ago, but they're trying to gonna mm-hmm. come down on Deshaun Watson and set a precedent now to suspend for a year to try to deter some of this behavior for players. Yeah, if they know you're going to get suspended yeah. for a year right out the gate for doing this kind of stuff, maybe guys won't do it. Um, yeah, I think, real quick, I think it's just going to be hard for them to no no matter what punishment they come back with and let's say he does eventually get a full year it's it's going to be hard to say that you even you know set that big of an example for a guy who just got 230 guaranteed million dollars i mean right it, no matter what his punishment is going to be he's still winning in the end right like uh, it's not really going to impact his pockets like like we think is going to impact his pocket, whether he gets suspended six games or whether he gets suspended for the whole season, he's coming back guaranteed next season regardless, and, right? And, and 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 paid at that. So just just visually, you know, for any outsider looking in, seeing the, to see if he's learned a lesson or or if the NFL's made an example, no matter what they do, I don't think they're going to really set that example. I mean, not in my eyes. I mean, it's, it's kind of hard for you to tell me that, you know. You, you were really punished in that case. I mean, the Ray Rice example, I mean, he was punished. I don't know how many games they officially suspended for him, but he was blackballed from the league. 
So he, you know, he saw that Deshaun's not getting blackballed. He got guaranteed bread. Right. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like you said, I mean, it, it's just because the NFL has been so inconsistent in prior cases. Yeah. It's it's hard for anybody, any anybody with a law degree worth their salt is going to look at this situation the same every single time. But at the end of the day, because the NFL players gave the own gave Goodell this uh, this basically like dictatorial uh, leadership role, he can just do whatever he wants. The arbiter was just there to kind of. All right, yeah. Before uh, before we got cut off there, the power went out. But uh, I was uh, talking about the situation I think with um, Deshaun Watson. Um, I wanted to get your guys' opinion. How much of you do you think now, because of the suspension and because Goodell can hand the suspension down with, you know, a year or at least possibly 10 plus games and plus a hefty fine, how much of it do you think has to deal with the fact of Deshaun Watson getting that guaranteed contract? And at the NFL, the owners meeting, I think they had a few months ago, and almost every NFL owner and executive talking to reporters Saying, I mean, they were turning, they were turning their backs on the Haslam family, and they just, they, they didn't like what they did. They called it completely as a, as a slap in the face of the rest of the owners. How much of it do you guys think is a little bit of a payback against the Brown organization? Um, I mean, it's 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 possible. I mean, if I'm if I'm one of the owners of the other teams, um, then definitely, you know. That definitely incentive uh, for us to give them a little bit of payback. Um, if I'm Roger Goodell, um, you know, obviously he's probably influenced by majority of the owners, so it, it could very well be, you know, it, some of that. It might be some of that. I mean, the the Browns probably shifted the QB market, you know, a lot earlier than what it should have been shifted, and you know, for that, that's going to cost a lot of NFL teams and, and owners are, are pissed. I mean, it is what it is. So I think that's some credence to what you're saying. I mean, essentially, Roger Goodell is pretty much representing the owners for the most part. So I I, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, it definitely makes sense. I mean, cause like I said earlier, the way, you know, they bounced back with that appeal so quickly. I mean, it seems like it was personal. So, you know, that I, I kind of agree with you. I mean, I think it's it, it makes more sense than not that, you know, they would try to do something to try to get them back. But who knows? Yeah, I agree with both of you. I think I think um, there is pressure to get back at the Browns. But I, I'm curious to see how it affects the future. Like, what what is put in place going forward? What gets negotiated next um, to prevent something like this from happening? Like, is there a clause that you know, if you're put on the commissioner's list for whatever suspension or um, until until your ruling is handed down, no team can sign you or trade for you or whatever. Uh, I'm just curious to see how that impacts the future. Yeah, and it's just it, – it, it's – I think Shannon Sharp brought up a good point on his show was, you know, if, if, they, if they have to appeal the process, the appeal goes right back to the NFL office. And who hears that? Roger Goodell. So it's not like a, a separate party. So if like they hand down the punishment, it's not like it goes to a separate party to a, help appeal the process. It's like it, 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 it it's not fair, but at the same time, you kind of don't feel bad. You can't feel bad for the players because this was on the table. This was on the table. Um, 
in the last CBA. And they were like, yeah, that sounds fine to me. Because like Shannon Sharp said, he was like, as a player, you don't expect to be uh, contacted by the league office about, you know, anything happening. But, you know, life is life is life happened. You know, you look at guys like Henry Ruggs and uh, other players and stuff like that. And you never, like I said, you don't expect to be suspended or defined by the league office. But here we are. And, you know, every player has to assume like, you know, you're one step away, one action away from getting suspended. And you will at least want a fair representation, a fair hearing of some sort, if or at least a fair process to appeal a certain decision and not have it be done by the same person that handed down the suspension in the first place. Mm-hmm. You know, so um, again, this is a story that's continued to develop, and we will keep you guys, you know, update on whatever happens next. I mean, as of right now, he's taking all the first team snaps in camp, so. Uh, they're preparing for him to at least play, like you guys said, because of how long this could take. He could play at least the first game. We'll see what happens after that. Um, uh, another uh, topic that just came across, I think, was it yesterday? Uh, Hollywood Brown gets uh, busted for uh, speeding, 126 miles per hour. It looks like it was through a school zone on top of that uh, in Arizona. And um, – I'll say this for at least he didn't get in trouble when he's in Baltimore. He didn't get in trouble in Baltimore, but before the season even starts in Arizona, he's already getting busted for his, for his reckless speed and criminal speeding, as it says in the Arizona state law. Um, it's just already like, you know, he's going to be the number one wide receiver because the, the Hopkins is out for what the first six games because of um, was it PED use or something like that. I think it was some kind of banned substance. Uh, that he was using. So he's going to be wide receiver one. Uh, he's, I would assume there may be a fine. I don't know if there's going to be a suspension for speeding, but there's going to be at least be a fine. But now you're on the heels of Colin Murray getting this deal and the Cardinals taking the language out of the contract because the, the language of the contract got out. Um, it's just right now a comedy of errors for the Cardinals. And it, it, it it doesn't bode well going forward for at least Hollywood Brown expecting, you know, wide receiver one money if he's already making mistakes like this. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't think it's, I don't think it's going to affect him too bad. But this is not how you want to start the season, and especially the new team, a new city, and if people are already looking at you like, oh, you're already becoming a problem. That's the one thing you don't want to do when you go to a new team in a new city before the season even starts is cause problems. You know, so. Colin Murray's already got a lot on his plate to deal with because he's got to watch four. Look, whether they took the language out of the contract or not, that man still got to watch four hours of film, apparently, independently. Um, so going going off that, at least for Hollywood Brown, making forcing the trade out of Baltimore, now playing with the Arizona Cardinals. The <laughs> um do you do you think I'll say this? I'll go back to the Ravens. Do you think Lamar seems to it's going to focus? It's going to help Lamar to focus a little bit more around the team around him instead of trying to force feed Hollywood Brown the ball at this point. Now that he's out of there and he's out of Baltimore, he's in Arizona dealing with his own issues. Um, do you think this helps Lamar kind of expand uh, at least his passing tree? Um. I'm not sure if it'll if it'll help. I mean, while Hollywood was there, I don't I didn't look at it 
as Lamar really force feeding Hollywood the ball. I think mm-hmm. he gave Hollywood the ball when Hollywood should have gotten the ball. I just think we've mm-hmm. seen, um, you know, a lack of execution execution from Hollywood in crucial situations. So it's you know it seems like maybe you know we were doing too much with forcing the ball, but I don't think he's really getting forced the ball. I think Lamar this this season he's just going to be a different player all around. I mean, it's just a completely different situation for him. Um, we're having a lot of guys back healthy and also Rashad Bateman um, being completely healthy because of it. Uh, truth be told, I mean, if Hollywood was still here this season, he would be in some serious competition for to, to stay a number one receiver in Baltimore. I don't think he honestly would have stayed a number one receiver um, with Bateman being 100% healthy. So I don't think um, just by, you know, Hollywood being his friend and everything, the fact that he left, that he'll be able to focus on spreading the ball. I think Lamar did a good job of doing that already. I think it's just, you know, he's just going to be able to execute a little bit more um, without Hollywood being there because the guys that are left, um, you know, with with Duke and Prochet and and Bateman, I think they're just going to have better years overall. So I think it's just going to be a product of, you know, a new situation, new season, more so than than Hollywood, you know, leaving, you know, a void for Lamar. But um, I I don't think it's going to help Lamar um, with Lamar with – Hollywood being around, but I do think Lamar is just going to be better overall. Um, just just because where he's at, um, you know, everything seems like he's progressed so far this season and all in off season, and um, you know, Bateman's been looking good at camp and and the other receivers as well. So, you know, he 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 doesn't is I don't think he he's been you know he was forcing the ball to Hollywood. I just think that when Hollywood was there, I mean, we all know that they're like best friends, so it's always going to seem like he wants to get Hollywood the ball, but you know, it just didn't pan out the way it was supposed to, even though Hollywood still ended up with over a thousand. It wasn't it wasn't the yards that we needed <laughs> when it was supposed to right, be. Right. So that that's all. And um just as far as uh the Hollywood situation in general, um it, it's it's not that detrimental of a of a mistake, but it is a mistake and at the end of the day, you didn't even take a snap yet uh with this new team. So, you know, it's it's just like a little you know a little small derogatory mark when you're when your credit report right there like you just you just kind of kind of messed up you you starting off with a with a short rope and you know now it's kind of like you have even more pressure not only did you not expect to be the number one receiver week one but you made a mistake mm-hmm. and now you kind of have to make up for it um, almost right away because. There's no telling. I mean, you already, you know, it's kind of like strike one almost, and it had nothing to do with the football field. So you got to be yeah. perfect to, you know, to make it the week six. So Bernard, so DeAndre Hopkins can come back and, uh, you know, and help you out a bit. But yeah, it just it's just off to a bad start. I don't think you know it was anything egregious or you know, guys make mistakes. He's he's in a new city. The views are much better over there in Arizona. The roads, you know, the speed limit's a little bit higher. Like. You know, I don't think he knew it was probably a school zone or anything. I don't think he did anything, um, yeah. you know, egregious. But, yeah, I mean, worst-case scenario, I, I just think it's a bad look just to start out, your, yeah. start out your, your year, and it's just that much more pressure on him. So we'll see how it pans out. And especially coming off the heels of, you know, the Henry Rugg situation in, in yeah. Vegas. I mean, it's uh, – he got busted a couple times, I think, before the crash happened. Um there in Vegas. Uh, so, look, I mean, look, so we just we have recent memory of a uh, player speeding and it not ending very well. Um, 
So I'm hoping this is a little slap on the wrist <laughs> and he kind of, you know, chills out a little bit. I know, look, he's young. He got a nice car. Like you said, the Arizona's a lot of flat land. So, you know, you get up, speeds up. So, but, you know, guys got to be careful out there, man. Yeah, absolutely. But, um, um, did you have anything you wanted to add to that, Travis, at all? I was going to say, I think, you know, if Hollywood doesn't become a number one guy uh, in Arizona or doesn't play like a number one or even a high level number two, I think it's going to, we're going to look back at like, this is a, a extremely brilliant move by DaCosta getting him out of here, not paying him that big money and yeah. getting returned. Um, this right here, even though it's a small thing, it is going to get people thinking like, okay, maybe we made the right move. And, you know, I, I hope it doesn't put Hollywood at the doghouse in Arizona because I want him to do well. But um, we'll see. We'll see. But he has, yeah. he has a lot, lot of work to do now because, I mean, this isn't, that isn't a good start. Yeah, especially with a team that has a lot of expectations with his number one wide receiver out. And he's going to be expected to kind of, you know, hold the fort down and make the big splash plays, you know, in the passing game. And if he's, uh, if he's not going to be able to do that, I mean, especially with this card, that Cliff Kingsbury getting a new contract, Colin Murray getting a new contract. Um, the fans, I think, in Arizona, because of the last few years, are like they want to see a winner at this point. You know, they got so we got talent. You know, we, we've we've got a we, we better team than we were before Colin. We were a better team now than we before Colin got here, and. Um, there's some ex- there's definitely some expectations. It's not like in Baltimore, we you know you got Bateman there and he's compete for number one. And you know, Lamar's kind of the star of the team at this point. Now it's like, well, you got we saw you guys hugging each other, you guys are college teammates and best friends, like you know, it's trying to you know, all this other stuff. So it's like, you know, you had to put it on the field, you had to put it on the field. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, Travis, you were at practice, uh, was it a few days ago? Um, Wanted to get your what did you what did you see out there? Uh, were they running any scrimmages or anything, or was it just kind of like little set areas and they had a defense and they had like was it linemen and safeties and corners and all that stuff, or was it kind of like a they had like a little scrimmage at the game? Um, the practice. It, it varied from day to day. So I've I've been able to go to three so far. So um, you know my first practice I went to it was super light. You wouldn't even thought it was a practice, but there was a lot of teaching and a lot of drills and focus on technique especially with the wide receivers. I was able to see a lot of good things uh, from the coaches there. But, um, you know, as it as it went on, I think by the third day and especially yesterday, everything just ramped up and we saw, saw to really see uh, what guys could really do, um, especially with the wide receiver core. They, they stepped up. I think I remember texting you, Miles, the first day, like, uh, outside of Bateman and DuVernay and Prochet, yeah, they're they- looking a little weak. <laughs> um, but, I mean, they've, they've got – Crochet has been has been had a, having an excellent camp uh, before Duvernay got hurt. I, I mean, they were using Duvernay in so many ways. I think the first pr- two practices I saw, there was a lot of focus on jet sweeps, um, a lot of motion with Duvernay, um, screens, uh, things that we've been asking for. <laughs> so there, there was a lot of focus there. But, um, you know, it, it truly ramped up. And um, I'll tell you one thing that stood out for me. Lamar has gotten bigger. Like I saw him close up. We were able to get a picture with him and my grandmother. I saw him close up. He's noticeably bigger. It's like 
his neck is thicker, his arms are bigger, his body is bigger. Like he's just put on weight, and the ball is coming out fast. Like mm-hmm. the ball is coming out fast. There's a lot of steam, and there's a significant difference just watching him and Tyler Huntley throw. You know, when everybody was making those comments last year about who should be our number one QB, um, it's, <laughs> it's not even close. That ball is coming out on all routes for Lamar. He's hitting those routes. There's just so much strength that's coming behind it now. Um, but I'll tell you what, um, the receivers are looking good. Uh, running back has been okay. Mike Davis has been getting most of the reps. Um, Tyler, Tyler, uh, is it Batty? I, I don't know if it's his yet. last name. Um, it's Batty yet. I haven't seen him work out of the backfield yet. Um, from the practices I've saw, they have been putting him out wide every time. So I don't know if that's going to be the thing going forward, but I, I haven't even seen them get a carry. But, uh, you know, offensively, um, we they were working mostly on passing, a lot of jet sweep action. Defensively, a lot of three safety looks. Um, haven't seen a lot of Kyle Hamilton working with the first team. Um, he's been working exclusively with the second and third teams. Um, and he hasn't stood out. I'm just going to say that right now. He hasn't stood out. Um, I've seen him try to make plays, um, and it seems like on those plays he's just a step short. You know, kind of the, kind of some of the things that people were saying pre-draft. He doesn't look slow. He can cover ground. But, um, you know, the game may just – has it may not have slowed down for him yet. You know, he's just a step late on everything. Um, but I will tell you who looks great on defense, and I'm hoping for a big year, and that's Brandon Stevens. Brandon Stevens and one-on-one drills, he's been jamming guys up on the line, and they haven't even gotten out to their routes. Um, You know, he's been locking down on receivers. He's been playing safety. He's been playing playing in the slot, and he's just looked good all the way around. He just looks like a different, more confident player. Uh, And outside of him, uh, Travis Jones has has looked real good um, being able to push the pocket. So defensively, there are a lot of good things I've been able to see, but – you know, I'll say those are the things that stood out. Oh, the last thing, Bateman. Um, Bateman has been giving Marlon work in every practice I've been to. He's been giving him work, especially on the comeback routes, giving him double moves. Bateman has been he, – he looks like a, a, a much-improved player, uh, and he looks ready because him and Lamar, they've, they've created a synergy. Like, they've been throwing a lot of back-shoulder throws so far, um, and I think that's going to be a big staple in our offense. Uh, and Lamar's been hitting Bateman consistently. Like, you know, I haven't seen them miss on any routes so far when I've gone to practice. Uh, so it looks to be some synergy, probably even more synergy than you have with Hollywood, uh, just being totally honest. Yeah, I, I think yeah, I think I think that Marlon at this point is like, come on, when is when is Marcus get back out here, man? I can't be doing this. <laughs> He's like, man, just going straight from all last season to now. Like, I can't keep doing this, man. Let me get back to being fruit punch, man. Come on. <laughs> I can't be gardening number one receiver out here now. He's like, yeah. no, nah, but like you said, I mean, the clips I've seen on Twitter and stuff like that, like, um, I think they posted today, even like they hit us, uh, him in, like, I don't know if they've had, like, since Lamar's been throwing to Bateman, I don't know if they had any, like, significant drops. Like, everything's been either a contested catch, but like, Bateman's been coming up with it. They also said that, um, Lamar threw like a 70 yard pass to James Prochet, like in the air, 70 yard pass to James Prochet. And Prochet ran it down, caught it. Um I, I'm really, I'm really hoping Prochet gets more burn out there. We saw it last season, flashes of Prochet, uh, when he got the ball and was able to get in that offense. And 
Uh, I'm re- I'm really hoping they utilize him the yeah, way they expect. I mean, he's he had a good camp last year, uh, and now he's expanding on that. Uh, with everything considered, Lamar wasn't even really there for mini camp. Um, the fact that he's been able, it seems like to go, I think it took like one or two days, but and once they got to day two, day three, like Lamar and the wide receiver court seems to be like just in sync. Also, I've heard that, um, Isaiah likely who everybody's oh, been high yeah. on, he's been, he, like they, they actually put his measurables against, uh, DK Metcalf just cause like he, he's listed as a tight end, but he, he plays like a wide receiver. He's just a big body, but he's been, they said he's been tearing it up as well. Um, and like we said, that 2019 season, while Hayden Hurst didn't have like a lot of big, like a lot of plays of getting the ball because he was that threat over the middle of the field where he could get, he could stretch the field and could make the big play. You had to account for him. I mean, Nick Boyle went out last year and they traded Hayden Hurst. They didn't have that extra tight end really. So having, and I think the other guy, the other tight end they drafted, I think he's hurt right now. Uh, I think he's injured. Um, and I also heard Adafi always has been tearing it up at camp as well. Uh, he's been working with Calais Campbell. Calais Campbell. I think a lot of people forget that Campbell, when he was in his prime, was probably one of the better defensive ends in the NFL. Um, he was a pro bowler at that position before he got here. So uh, Adafi learning from him, uh, just move, different moves and everything else like that, him taking him under his wing, clearly at least shows that Calais sees some – See some potential there. See some like he can get he can get to that next level. Um, the Kyle Hamilton thing. I guess I'll ask you guys on a scale of one to one to ten. One being like I'm not really worried to ten. Like we wasted a, a first round draft pick on this dude. <laughs> um, how worried about are you about Kyle Hamilton seeming like? I know it's still early in camp, but seeming like it's taking a little bit of time for him to kind of get into the the fold uh the defense especially from where he was drafted and what they're expecting from him um on the field i mean well travis has been out there watching it uh for his hands um but just just from what i've been hearing um it i'm not i'm not terribly worried um just because the fact that we you know we still have marcus williams and um you know, we still have a you know a solid secondary to, to support him, and a lot of the the plays that I've been seeing, and also hearing about him getting beat, it seems like a lot of those formations he was like manned up with somebody, mm-hmm. he was kind of like running by him. I don't think that's going to be his role uh, come game day. I think he's going to be able to be a little bit more true to his position, and and hopefully most of those schemes that they're running. So um, it, it is super early in camp and. You know, it's his first camp. I don't. I don't want to. You know, sit here and, and judge him based off of a, not even a. You know, a couple of weeks or whatever. But um, you know, I, I would just need to see more, and I, I think it'll make more sense when we start to see him in a couple of preseason games. Yeah. See how he actually responds. Um, but just off of a couple of poor performances overall, I guess in in camp, I'm not gonna not gonna jump the gun. But you know, like I said, Travis seen him firsthand, so. You know, I don't know how bad it did get or how, you know, <laughs> how it actually looked live. But I did see the one play when um the receiver was just running right by him. And it, yeah. it, looks, it looked super bad. But yeah. it also looked like he was just like, you know, not ready at all. Like at the snap, it just seemed like, he you know, he just wasn't prepared. So I'm sure, you know, I'm sure they're coaching him up and he's looking at the tape and figuring out how he can correct those things. But, you know, it's, it's too early. I can't say that, you know. 
he's still our number one pick. He was the highest over, um, highest rated safety on the board. There's, there's no way he can be as bad as he's looked, or you know that I heard he's looked in the in the first couple of weeks, you know, on the field. So we'll right. we'll see what he does in the preseason. But I'm not like super worried yet. Yeah, it's not. It, it's it's early, and you know, kind of. I was telling you all. It just seems like he's just a step away. Like cerebr- cerebrally, he's there, but you know, he has been struggling in man coverage. Um, but I mean, Isaiah Likely has been torching everybody. You know, when I've been at practice, from Tony Jefferson to Chuck Clark. So I mean, if that if that just you know helps a little bit, like you know, he's not the only one getting abused by Isaiah Likely. But um, it just seems like he just needs the game to slow down for him. You know, it's 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 a little fast, and he's just trying to you know figure out, and he's learning. Um, so I'm not worried. Um, it, he just looks like a rookie. Uh, that's why I said, but, yeah. but he's big. That kid is tall. Um, but you know, he just he just needs time. Yeah, I think that if you look at most of the highlight reels of uh, Kyle Hamilton and Notre Dame, a lot of his plays came over the middle of the field, like just maybe a few yards at, at top on top of like where the linebackers are. Um, and I, I'm expecting like when they have, they'll have Chuck Clark and maybe Marcus Williams out there, and like kind of Kyle Hamilton kind of play that Troy Polamalu role where he'll just roll, he'll just roam around the box. You know, if they need him to blitz, he'll blitz. Uh, they need him to cover like the running back coming out of the flat. He'll do that. They said, I mean, they said his instincts are there, that he knows like where he needs to be. It's just a matter of knowing when to get there, you know, because he's, he doesn't have burner speed or anything, but knowing when to get there, you know, ahead of the throw and stuff. So um, it, like I said, it's, it's, it, I think people, when they look at rookies, you know, in whatever position they play, it's a new. You go from playing college to now. The bright lights are on. There's you're getting paid to do this, get to do this job, um, and you're got there playing with guys that you were watching on TV, you know, just just a moment ago, and now you're out there playing with them. So it's it's a guy catch up with the speed of the game and the speed of outside the outside the locker room too. So I th- I think Kyle will get there. I think with uh, McDonald having the number one or number two defense at Michigan last year. Um, and having guys like Chuck Clark and Tony Jefferson, who are veteran safeties who've been in the league, will help him, you know, get into the role that he needs to get into. So, I mean, obviously, Eric DeCosta, they saw something in Kyle Hamilton. Look, the, 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 he was on, on the board for a lot of teams where the Ravens picked him. So it's not like it wasn't just the Ravens <laughs> getting ready. He was going to go in the first round to somebody. So, um, and like, like you said, Travis, they're not, he's not going to be. The, if he's the deep safety on plays, then there's a problem. That means Marcus Williams is hurt and he, he's not playing. That's what that means. <laughs> um, he's not a guy. He's not expected to play that role. So I'm like, um, now I will. I'll ask this follow up question. Uh, we did get news. I think while we were before we got on to the podcast that uh, a few of the players today got hurt. Tyler Linderbaum looks like he had a toe injury, but. Harbaugh said that somebody stepped on his toe, but it seems to be a bruise and he should be okay. They did. Uh, one of their camp linebackers did tear his ACL or Achilles, tore his Achilles um, at the um, at practice today. So they've already had a few injuries. Um, Achilles too, I think. I think he had a torn Achilles uh, like back in 2020 or something. Yeah. They said, I think he's had uh, – this is back-to-back or back-to-back injuries for him three times in a row. He's had three season-ending injuries, I think, since he's been in the league. Yeah, and I know at least uh, one of them was an Achilles as well. So, 
Yeah, so it's just bad rap. And it's like, so, I mean, look, I, I think that I saw the Twitter feed and everybody was panicking, like, oh, no, not this crap again. <laughs> Here we go. Like, already guys getting hurt. And I'm like, injuries injuries are part of camp. There are guys that are just going to get hurt. That happens. The hope is is that it, they, they minimize, they, they've made, they've, now we, I think, Trey, and we talked about this last season, making changes to the training room, the coaches, the training staff, to try to figure out why are these guys getting tearing their ACLs, tearing their pectoral, everybody tearing their pectoral muscles. Why are these guys getting such significant injuries? And it's only happening to us and no one else, you know? And it's like, I'm hoping most of the stuff seems to be happening on the field. Hopefully there's none of these other non-contact injuries happening where guys are just, you know, going, falling down on the field. Um, which is why I also saw that they said J.K. Dobbins uh, has been begging, apparently, Harbaugh to get back on the practice field. They're not letting him. Apparently, he said, I'm good to go. I'm ready to go. But I think a lot of what happened last season has him a little has a little, a little shook. And they're like, we, we don't want to risk you getting hurt again. <laughs> right. um, knowing we got this season coming up, Lamar, again, looking for a potential mega deal and – there's a lot of with the Steelers having a new quarterback and the Bengals may have a Super Bowl hangover. The division could be right there for the taking for the Ravens. A potential, you know, big playoff push and everything else. And they feel real confident with the team they got. And I'm like, I, I don't I think they said they're taking the uh, from what last season, the the Sean McVay approach. Sean McVay, I think, didn't play any of his starters in any of the preseason games. They played in practice. And they said when they were in practice, they didn't do much. And they didn't really hit. They didn't really do anything. Um, yeah. I, I think that, yeah, I think that, <laughs> I think the, the hardball may be taking that approach this season. Like, you know, until we uh, we figured out that maybe our training, we changed the training regimen and stuff like that, that that works, we're going to kind of take it very easy. Yeah. Yeah, I think yes. we I, I think we dropped that that preseason record this year. I think I think we need to not even bring that up or even think about it because oh yeah, who cares, a, man? It's just simply not the most important thing. And was it and thirty honestly, games? It's like throwing twenty five. Something ridiculous. It's something, it's something crazy. crazy. Yeah, it's something <laughs> crazy. Something you know, it's one of those records that we have and we can't even gloat about it because it doesn't mean anything. Right. <laughs> but but yeah, they they gotta let that go this year. Um, I I don't I don't say don't play anyone. Um, but you know, it's yeah, not like, like, you guys not like Kyle, <laughs> your rookies, right? Your Kyle Hamilton, probably like he probably needs to see some game game time, you know, yeah. and in, in the spot he's probably going to be in to see how he plays there. Yeah, and, and just, and just play, and you just gotta just see what you're working with. Like, if you know, like a player, like, like you said, like we use Kyle as an example, um, the fact that he is struggling in camp, I mean, we're gonna need to see him in preseason because we're gonna yeah. have to see how he actually plays, um. You know, in a game, um, but if it's a player that you know he's been balling in preseason, is you know one of our top players. I mean, we don't need to risk it. I mean, right, right. Probably put him in for a few minutes in the third game or something, but or or I guess the second game because there's only three games this year, right? Yeah, so, right. There's three. Yeah. So I mean, I, I don't know. I, I don't even. I say I say we wait for week one. Honestly, I don't think is is going to do much. I mean, they're going to have a few scrimmages before that. I'm assuming, but. Outside of that, I don't, I don't, I don't see the point of risking it. I mean, we, we've learned. We, I hope we've learned our lesson already. Um, especially with J.K. Didn't J.K. No, J.K. went down and uh, did he go back down in a game or did he go back down in practice? Oh, preseason. Him and Gus went down. 
Yep. Him and Gus, yeah, I think J.K. went yeah. down in week two, or that week two game, whatever, the preseason game. Was that Washington? or I can't remember, but yeah, yeah. in a game. So, like, you know, it, it's but so many times, you know, we need to see that. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's just time to – the preseason is – obviously, you still try to win the game with the players that we got out there, but, you know, that, that needs – winning the game has to be the last thing to focus on. And I think Ravens are probably the only team in the NFL that – that actually you can see how these games go. Like they look at the scoreboard and they just start trying to win the game. And I'm like, we 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 got other work to to, to get to. Right. Yeah. And, I, and that's uh, I think they also season. got rid of the um they usually scrimmage with like another team during the season. I don't think they're doing that this year either. Oh okay. um, yeah, I think they're they're trying to keep contact as controlled as possible. You know, if they, if they can control it, they're gonna keep contact as they were it was only like Harbaugh and maybe like a couple others. They were like, yeah, let's go scrimmage with another team, you know, in practice. Well, it's like other teams were like, we got preseason for that. Why are we doing – why are we doing yeah. this during our practices? Like, who cares? <laughs> yeah. And they got to be careful because – They got to be careful because even the injury with Vince Beagle – Vince Beagle was running with the first team. Yeah. Because he was running with – he was running as that uh, first team sand linebacker. So, um, yeah. that's, a, that's something they got to fill. So – I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they're they start rolling back to being extra cautious next practice. Yeah. Yep. But even said, I think today they took like a water break, like a halftime break for water break because you know it's hot out there and they got some practicing and whatnot. And and, um, so I I think they're taking they're going to take every precaution necessary. Look, like I say again, uh, guys are going to get hurt. I think every every fan needs to be aware of that. Like there are going to be guys that just are just going to get hurt. It's training camp. It's the first real football they played and since the end season ended. So um, it's just going to happen. But um, I'm going to talk about Lamar real quick. So, I mean, we all know the elephant in the room. Lamar um, is – I'll say this. Just to, just to all the, the, the people on the radio, the fans on Facebook, and everybody else complaining about Lamar Jackson and what he would do and wouldn't do, he's at camp. He's been at camp. He's practicing at camp. He's not holding in like a lot of people thought he was going to do. He's not going to he's not practicing on the side of the field and not doing anything like he's in camp. He's there. He got there a week ahead of schedule. We saw the we saw the Kyler Murray deal go down. And what, three, four minutes later on Twitter, the Ravens put out a video of Lamar walking into the building. I hated that they so, did that, too. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, Lamar, Lamar. From from what everything we saw since the last offseason, right? They said Lamar was gonna if I was Lamar, I'd hold out. If I was Lamar, I would do this. If I was Lamar, I would do that. I'm not playing. Lamar's gonna do this. He, I, I don't think he's gonna show up. Is he gonna show up for mini camp? He was there for mini. He was like, but we all like we all know like they were like, it's not mandatory for him to be here. He's working with the quarterback coach, he's working on his skills. They're like, Well, if he's not there for training camp, we got a problem. And they kept putting it out there week after week after week. And he showed up not just the week of training camp, the week before training camp. Mm-hmm. He was there in the building already. And now he's there in camp practicing. I want to get your guys' opinion. Like, how much of this do you think? Like, was it either just the radio, like the people just looking for the content to talk about? Or were they really just trying to talk down? Like, talk the, they, they don't see Lamar as being different. They're like, they keep looking at Lamar as, 
everybody, every other player, right? Lamar is going to do this. Lamar is going to do that. He's done the exact opposite of everybody's expecting him to do, even during these contract negotiations. He's done the exact opposite of what everybody do. In my opinion, Lamar says he's going to be here. He's here. I take that man for his word. Every time he says that, he said that, uh, what was it, during March or April, around free agency, and they were, he was telling somebody, like, I'm a, I forgot which reporter it was or something. He commented back on him or a pilot or something like that. And it was like, yeah, I'm a Raven. I'm here. I'm not going anywhere. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, I think Lamar, we're, well, I don't know when the deal is going to get done, but I, I anticipate it getting done. I, I just need the Facebook fans and the radio people <laughs> to, <laughs> to stop throwing this mess out there that Lamar is not here to play football. Like, this man is about his business. He's, he said that in the LeBron interview. He wants to be great. He said he wants to be a billionaire. So, I mean, he's, he, he wants to be great in football, and I want to, he wants to make money outside of football. But uh, in my opinion, I think – I'm not – unless Lamar tells me otherwise and he says or something does otherwise, I'm not putting any words in anybody else's mouth in this situation for Lamar. Well, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, if, if Lamar showed you anything, he, he showed you that he's not going to – you know, he's not going to follow what, what just because people think he should do. He's been following the beat of his own drum since he got to the league. I mean, all he's ever done since he's been here is do exactly what people tell him he can't do. So this is no different from the stuff that he's had to prove on the field, stuff he has to prove off the field. It's no different with this contract negotiation. I mean, he's going to do what he thinks is best for Lamar, as he should. Um, whether I'm as comfortable with that, I mean, it's not up to me. It's going to be up to him. I mean, if he feels right. as though he can go out there and uh, prove his worth um, and, and and get a bigger bag, then who am I to say? I mean, I, from what I've seen him since 2018, he, I can't say I can't say nothing because he's done everything that no one expected him to do. Yeah. So I mean, that that's on him. I mean, and and, and also, I mean, it's not you know, camp isn't over yet. I mean, the cutoff is probably going to be, you know, right before week one, you know, so if we don't have a deal by then, then, you know, it, it's going to be hard to get one done <laughs> during the season. Right. But, um, but yeah, like, uh, he's he's his own man. I mean, he's been, you know, he, he's been doing nothing but proving people completely wrong since he's been in the league, and I don't see why this is any different. I, I don't think he should do – I think Lamar should continue to do what Lamar wants to do, and and that's that. Ain't really nothing else to it. I mean, he he knows what's best for him, and and that's the problem. Everybody speaks for him and tell him what he should do, and and they don't treat any other quarterback like that, which is the crazy part. So he gets this treatment for whatever reason every time. But when it comes to another quarterback or 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 anyone else, you you would never hear his criticism. You'll say he's doing rightfully what he should do. He's going after the bigger bag. That's what you should do. But instead, we're hearing the opposite because of Lamar Jackson. So it is what it is. Yeah. And it's like, what else do you want from this guy? Like, this guy has won the MVP. He's the, what is it, the, the winningest quarterback uh, with his amount of starts. Um, this guy continuously is the anti Flacco. Like, he tries to get better. This man went out and worked with the QB guru, worked all offseason. He exactly. stayed away literally <laughs> to get better. He came back better, throwing the ball stronger. He, and I think it says something about the negotiations and how the Ravens need Lamar to allow his QB coach to be at practice. You know, right. I think, that says a lot. I think that's a big I've, – I've never 
I don't know how often how big of a practice that is, but the fact that and they said the court that his QB coach has been um actually like talking like and working with the offensive coordinator and coaches. Yeah. Telling him what he's worked with Lamar on and what he's gotten oh, better yeah. at. And telling them like what what's like this is what you should have him like during the season, what you should have him doing in practice, like to work on his mechanics and yep. tweaking some things. And I'm like, that's I mean that goes to show, at least to me, uh, from the organizational standpoint, that the Ravens trust Lamar. They they've seen the work now, right? They've seen it for at least a, a week or two. What his like? This guy, like, oh, he's been working, working. Like those videos aren't just out there just for fluff or whatever. Like this, he's been clearly a difference. They said even the turnovers and like he's not throwing as many interceptions in practice anymore. Like a lot of his stuff seems to be on a dime yeah. and. It, it, yeah, I, yeah, I think Lamar is clearly telling me, telling the team, look, I'm invested. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to get better. I'm not at Flacco out here. Flacco every offseason was just having babies. That's all he was doing. He was out here having five, six kids every offseason. He was having the guy yeah. six kids. He was having kids in the offseason. He wasn't had, he wasn't doing any kind of training, no nothing. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, Lamar is actually putting in the work here. So I'm like, I'm tired of fans saying that. You know, oh, he's not really worried about. He needs to work on this and work on that. He's been working. He's been working. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm the Ravens. I I've seen enough. Like, yeah, I, mean, I know he, he hasn't played effort a game in. yet, but the fact that he put the work in, like, I feel like they should have seen enough to just off of his what he's done in the offseason alone, the way he showed the, the shape he showed up in camp. You know, yeah, the, the muscle he he's been throwing darts. Like, I mean, he's clearly given you know, the best effort he's given. And this is this is really like – because I don't even think he had a camp, a full camp last, last season like that either. But yeah, yeah. Like, for him to come to the camp in, in the shape he's in and, and putting forth the effort on on the on the heels of this whole contract negotiation and not, you know, stressing and not leaving his brothers out in the field to fend for themselves when he when he could have the choice to do so. Like, I don't know, man. I, I've seen enough. But I'm the Ravens. I'm just – you have to pull up the brain truck, man. I mean, it, it is what it is. I mean, you just have to deal with the consequences later. But uh, I don't know. Like I said, Lamar, you know, he he might have a bigger plan, and we just gonna have to wait and see. Yeah, and he's he's the true leader of the team. I, and there's one thing I didn't say about practice. Every time Lamar and James Prochet didn't connect like cleanly, they went back and they would work on the route in between periods. They would rerun the route in between. Periods. Oh wow. And then Lamar, Prochet, and Bateman, uh, there were two practices I went to. After practice, they worked on routes for at least 10 to 15 minutes. So yeah. that, that's the effort he's putting in. That's the leadership. Putting the work in, yeah. yeah. Putting the work in there. Yeah. And, like, just, yeah, letting guys know, like, he I, – I think I think if you if you've watched – if we've, we've all watched Lamar. We know, like, the man was an MVP. And it, they don't just give out MVPs to anybody. I mean, it's just, you don't just get an MVP for nothing. And I think that they're like that. I'll bring this up uh, since we're talking about Lamar. That defense, that anonymous defensive coordinator, that put that comment out there about Lamar. I don't care if he wins twelve MVPs; he'll never be a QB one in my eyes. Um, I'll, I'll give look. I'm not a Steeler fan. Never have been. Never will be. But I will give Ryan Clark, who's most ad. He always, he always, you know, uh, shields for the Steelers every time. That's his team. I get it. But he, he he at least came to Lamar's defense, and was like, "You have a you're you're gonna make a comment about Lamar and him being a QB one. At least put your name on it. 
Mm-hmm. You're making an opinion, right? It's not a statement of fact. Like you're making an opinion. Put your name on it. Put your name. I'll, I'll say. I think. I think. My, Mike Greenberg made, the, made say the same thing. Like, don't. That's cowardly. Like, put your put your name on it. Don't be out oh, an anonymous defensive coordinator. Like, I hope Lamar just goes into the season. Like, I'm gonna assume every defensive coordinator I <laughs> yeah. play this season yep. made that yep. statement. Every yep. guy that every defensive coordinator I walk into that stadium, I'm gonna look him in his eye. Like, you're the one that said that about me. Every single one of them. Every mm-hmm. single one. Just go out and ball out. I hope he does that. I hope he does that. I really yeah. do. I love and it. like you said, for the, for for guys to continue to make the about Lamar, and mm-hmm. um, look, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that um, the NFL as a whole and some of these coaches and they don't want the dual threat quarterback, especially to be a thing. They don't. The Colin Murrays, the Russell Wilsons, the Lamar Jacksons, of old Randall Cunningham, Warren Moon, Steve McNair. They, they don't want that to be the prototype to win Super Bowls, right? They don't want it to be. They want the pocket QB to be that guy. But Lamar Jackson, because of the hair he wears, he's a black man, and like um, just how he carries himself, it's like they're looking at it's like we can't let that be the forefront of the league going forward. I think at the end of the day, Lamar is leading that charge. I think he's going to – whether the league wants it or not, it's going to happen. Yeah. I feel like Lamar is going to win a Super Bowl, and then it's going to be like, well, what now? What can you say? He's won an MVP and a Super Bowl. Like, what do you say now about, like, dual threat quarterbacks can't win Super Bowls, and he, he won one. He could win a couple. I don't know. Hey, they're always going to find something. They're going to find, find something gonna, about him. They're going to move the goalposts over and over and over and over. And I but, think, like, and, and plus Lamar as well is just that I look. I, I don't think I don't think a lot of people give him enough credit how he's handled all of this. With everybody saying all this stuff about him, um, even the coordinator making the statement for a guy that's only what is he 25, 24, 25? I think he's twenty five. For a guy that's only twenty five years old, and the way he's handled this this past off season. Has see guys have been in the league for 12, 13 years handle it this way. Not a guy that's only been in the league for four or five years. Right. He's been extremely mature about this whole situation. And he's like, you know what? I think he's he's of that mindset, like certain players are. I'm gonna go out here and just let my play talk to say the talking for me. I don't have to say anything. I don't have to say a word. I'm just gonna go out here and ball up, put the numbers up, and y'all gonna have to just sit here and look at it and be like Look at the facts. Look at the stats. Look at the stats. <laughs> end, of the, end of the season. And they're going to be like, well, sh- I mean, I, I don't know what to say. And it's like, you know, it's I, I think that there's a lot. There seems to be, I don't know about you guys, there seems to be an energy around this team this year. Oh, yeah. With Lamar, with the work, I think the players seeing Lamar Jackson, like you said, Travis, the players seeing Lamar Jackson come back to camp the ball being getting there more accurately, the bar, the ball traveling faster. Him working with the guys, like the players are seeing that. They're saying, oh, our guy is like in it. He's locked in. Mm-hmm. You know, he's locked in. This guy doesn't even have a like a extension going forward right now, but he's locked into this season. He's here. He's in it. That's the kind of stuff that Ray Lewis used to do that that would force guys to be better because Ray would be that 
first one at practice and the last one to leave kind of thing, right. you know. Um, and I just think, you know, going forward for the Ravens, at least this season, um, look, I mean, look, before before he got hurt, they were, what, 8-1 and one, and number one in the division. They had a number one seed, right? They had number one seed before he yeah. got hurt. <laughs> and this was with – Without both running backs, his entire offensive line was decimated. He wasn't throwing the ball to anybody <laughs> like at that point. The <laughs> He's just throwing to Mark Andrews. The defense was in shambles, and they still had an eight-one record. And he was fine. And he's still getting better now. He's getting better. Yeah. yeah. It's it's almost like it's like I want to it's like I kind of want to see him in preseason, but I don't at the same time. <laughs> I'm like, don't, I don't want Lamar to get hurt. I'll just, just leave him, <laughs> leave him week one. We, that's, that's when we need him. That's when. We'll- yeah, I'm, I'm cool. <laughs> I mean, if you do anything, love, you know, you can take a snap and throw a quick slant, but uh, you right, right, right. Slant you, when you drop, you can just fall. Like, yeah. like get, like, like, don't let him hand the ball off a couple of times, and then maybe throw a quick slant and get him the hell out of there. <laughs> right, right. If, if, if they must play him. Right. Yeah, I don't think they're gonna play Lamar. I think Lamar's gonna be he'll sit. I think he'll just be on the sideline and yeah. um uh do you so now do you think the Ravens will make any additions? You know, there's always, you know, when camp well, week well, I guess it will be week two, week three now. I, I'm not sure when the, the camp cuts are right this season because it's only three games. Do you think they'll be looking on the market for somebody? They they did like restructure some deals. I think the last few weeks to free up some cap space. Um, do you think they're gonna? Is there anybody really out there they're looking at? Maybe, um, like you said, with now with that linebacker getting hurt, there's obviously fills a hole right there that they're gonna probably need to fill before uh, Tyus Bowser's ready to come back. Um, and of course, Ajabo, who they just. All right, we're back up here. Power went out. Again. I mean, the power keeps going out, but uh, we're gonna close this episode out real quick before I get booted out again. Um, um, now with the season um, on deck, is there any games that you you guys are looking at, like attending? Like what are the games that you you think you are trying to trying to get to? I'm personally, I think I tried to text the traders. I'm trying to get to that New Orleans game. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think it's in, you know, October, September, October. I think no, it no, is. That's November. Okay. I'm trying to get to Monday, that New Orleans game. Monday night football. I love New Orleans. Been there five times in a <laughs> row. I'm, I'm 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 trying to get back yeah, down there. So I can. <laughs> yeah, I, I already booked my flight and my Airbnb for that. <laughs> so I'm, de- I'm definitely going. <laughs> yeah, that one. And um, I'm going up to Pittsburgh too. Whenever we played them, I think we played them in December, possibly. I can't remember exactly our first game. Have you been to a Steelers Ravens? You've been to a Steelers Ravens game before, right? I, I went to the um. The game where I, the last last season, I had to watch uh, Mark Henry drop a two point conversion in my face. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, I was in Pittsburgh for that. <laughs> yeah, so that was I think that was my first game in Pittsburgh. So I, we're we're definitely going back. We had a lot of fun at that game, tailgating and all okay. that. So yeah, that, that's those are two definite ones I'm going to. Um, the Steelers, the uh, the Saints game in New Orleans, and I'm. Thinking about week one, um, just going up to MetLife to watch the Jets, the Jets game. Yeah, yeah, okay. but but we'll see. That's kind of like a game time decision. Gotcha. So, 
Yeah, I think I'm going. I know I'm going to the first preseason game next week. You know, a nice little cheap ticket for the kids. Um, is it next week? Oh, yeah, it's next Thursday. Oh, my um, God. Football's here. Football's here. <laughs> and then I'm, I'm hitting the Carolina game. I'm hitting the Pittsburgh game, the home Pittsburgh game. And I'm going to see the Bengals. So those are what, the games I'm going to hit. What uh, The Carolina game is in Carolina? No, it's here. Uh, November 20th. I may try to get to that game. I, I want to see Baker. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we got we got to see one of these games out, so we can coordinate that. I want to see. I want to see know, Baker get, get one of them. I want to see. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I want to see Baker. welcome Baker back to the AFC North. That's what I want to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's going to be interesting. That Week One uh, against the Browns, I think they play. So that's going to be okay. Oh, man, that's gonna be yeah, nice. yeah. He's going to start it just because people are going to watch it. It's, people are going to want to yeah. watch that. And if Deshaun sure. Watson's playing. Oh man, that's crazy. That would be super crazy. (laughs) (laughs) I want to hold on just for that. (laughs) You you would, and no no other outside of the circumstances, obviously, between both teams. There's no way week one, the Browns Panthers is the must watch game in any other season. (laughs) But the (laughs) storyline if Baker beats the Browns with them having Deshaun. Can you imagine? At, oh my gosh! Him. At the tur- at the two hundred thirty million, yeah. <laughs> and then you let Baker come back there and blow and blow y'all out. No, that would be that would be the, sick. The, the, like what? Ten million of Baker's contract? Yeah. Something like like you literally so, like so, you so technically you're still, you're still paying them at pay- with the with the Panthers when it gets you all. <laughs> they were because. I think- because of uh, what's his name's cap hit, um, Deshaun Watson's like a million dollars this year. Like, if, I'm pretty sure the tagline's going to be like, the Browns are playing both starting quarterbacks this season. <laughs> both Man. of the starting quarterbacks is being paid by the Browns. <laughs> like, that, that's going to be this. I'm going to watch the game. If, if, if it's a one o'clock game, I'm not going to watch it. But I'm definitely, I'm going to be flipping back and forth. I'm gonna be flipping yeah. Back and forth. Right. But um, yeah. So look, you know, preseason week one's coming up. It's right around the corner. College football is a couple weeks away. Uh, so we're we're back to my favorite time of year. Um, yeah, football on Saturdays and Sundays. That's my weekend. And um, yeah, I'm just you know ready to go, ready for this to get going. And we'll say we'll try to do this every week uh, again. Like to thank Travis and Trey for coming on. Um, and we'll try to do this for you know Purple Fridays. Keep going forward until the season ends. Hopefully, Ravens season doesn't end until the end of February, till middle of February. Right. So you know it's a um, lot of a lot of anticipation for this season. A lot of hope. Um, yeah. I'm just hoping you know. I think that the key for the Ravens this year, of course, Lamar keep making that next step. But having guys like I think like Adafi Owe getting that pressure on the edge and Marcus Williams. I think Marcus Peters, we saw Marlon Humphrey can do when they're healthy. But if Marcus Williams can take the top off that defense, because that's what teams killing us last year, over the top, killing us. And if he can take the top off the defense there, he can just close that lid. He can close that lid on the de- on that top right there. I think the Ravens could be – the de- that defense could be – I don't know about turn. I don't know about sacks or anything, but as far as – Efficiency and effectiveness could be one of the better ones we've been in a while. Yep. Although I would love to see some sex, but 
Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm gonna like I said, I hope Adafe, I'm t- I'm hoping Owe takes that next step. If he can take that next step and he gets out there and he's he, he we saw what the, we saw him the first couple weeks. He he yeah. was flashing. Yeah. And then he hit the he hit the rookie wall like week eight. <laughs> week eight, week nine, he hit that wall. So I'm hoping um he was doing work on the offseason as well. But um the key for the Ravens is everybody's gonna be doing their part here. It's not gonna be all on Lamar. You know, guys are gonna have to take that next step. Uh, Bateman clearly Prochet. Uh, and before we got here, I, I saw a clip and it's concerned me. I saw they had us, they were running the play and Pat Ricard was running out in motion. And I'm like, no, please don't do this during the game. No defense is going to be like, oh, motion, motion. They're like, okay, Pat Ricard's running for whatever reason. What does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> don't, don't, yeah, I don't know. Don't do that. <laughs> not do that let's not but i'm I'm holding out hope uh, i just know at some point during the season i'm gonna be cursing at greg roman i know i am all of us going to we're gonna be cursing at him yep. hopefully lamar just his talent and what he does in the field just just overshadows it that's the hope let's pray <laughs> <laughs> Um, but anyway, uh, thanks for listening. First episode of the season. Um, and uh, again, make sure you watch my podcast when the season starts. Uh, we do my live stream during uh, the games, halftime as well, post game. Um, continue to do Purple Fridays until the season. So, uh, thanks again for listening. We'll catch you guys next week. Peace. Peace.